Welcome to Fanboy News Network, your guide to geek culture. I'm Jeff Harris. And I'm Daniel Christensen. So since we last recorded, I, the last time we recorded, I, I made some declarations. Declarations? I did. Well, the first thing I announced our new email address. Oh. oh, oh. And the new, the new uh, Twitter handle. Ah. And I had said... I was looking into the possibility of doing some streaming on Twitch. Twitch. Well, I looked into it. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and then what, I did it. I was going to say, and what's your URL? So it's uh, the the channel. I So I created an identity, and this, this is tied to the identity I created for the wrestling community I'm part of. Of course. Uh, but also has to do with, it connects to my deep history with vampire... All right, I'm getting a lot into background explanation. I, I was gonna say, let's let's let cut to the chase. Stop burying the lead. All right, so it is uh, Twitch.com/slash Doctor Underscore Caliban. And is that Doctor spelled out or Dr. 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 Cal Dr. Underscore Caliban. Caliban, and I'll put I'll put it in the in the notes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I decided to. A lot of people in our Twitch community do streaming. Uh, a lot of them are uh, at the level where they've managed to become affiliates. I don't know if I'm going to get there. I don't know if a I'm even going to try. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. Of course not. But no, no, if someone says here have money, you're not going to say no. But yeah. but it's not my it's not my main goal. Again, I'm doing it as a entertainment venue and just one more thing we do. So what I have tentatively decided mm. thematically is the kind of games I'd like to play are e games where either you are the monster okay or in some way involves mad science yes because the Dr. Caliban character I play in the wrestling game is a mad scientist right and let's face it that's that's kind of on brand for me well there I mean I'm a mad project manager but it's the same thing right yeah you're, you're, you're not a mad scientist. You're just a very disappointed scientist. I, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's not that I'm mad. Well, you know, it's, it's, what was it somebody once said? You know, there's the mad scientist and then, and then there's just the irate scientist. Ah, okay. So uh, currently I'm playing a game from 2004 called Evil Genius. Is that the one where you're running the hotel as the front cover for... So I may have taken a minor aspect of the game and really, really brought it forward. But yeah, so it's, you're playing a Bond villain. You're trying to take over the world. And the part of it, the cover of your island is you have a resort on it. And um, I've sort of narratively made that the focus of the game. Awesome. Which, uh, eh. But, you know, after this, I'm going to play the original Vampire Bloodlines. Last episode, I'd made the vow to Twitch stream the new Vampire game when it comes out in March. Okay. Well, we're getting ready for it. We've got the Twitch channel. Okay, then. So, uh, you know, you've been warned. Well, indeed. And the rest of for for we Luddites who are still uh, not so much under the Twitch thing, though, th this is you playing a video game and, and providing an audio commentary while people watch. Right. And comment in, in chat. And chat. It's okay. very interactive. You okay. should you should check it out sometime. I usually state on Facebook, which I know you read. Uh, yes, occasionally. So uh well here's the other thing. We could I've I've not done this to you. 
but we always uh, could. Uh, okay, English major moment, yes. <laughs> Doing what to me? Um, Twitch automatically saves archives of the last few episodes. Okay. So everything I've streamed is currently available for observation. Ah. So you could critique if you so chose. Ooh. Actually, the other thing, um, so, because I don't know with our listeners how much they pay attention to this. Uh, if you're noticing a change in the audio quality of this episode. You have better ears than most of us. Sorry. Uh, but I've uh, finally done a change that has been in the offing for a while. Uh, my wife and I uh, rearranged some rooms in our house. So my office slash studio is now in a different room that frankly has better natural acoustics than the office we were previously in. Uh, it is not optimized yet. I do not have all of my sound dampening up on the walls yet, um, but that is coming. But, I mean, the dust hasn't settled yet from the move. You, yeah. you, you still got some stuff to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I have boxes in the corner that need to go into their permanent homes. Don't we all? So, you know, it changes afoot. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I guess the next thing, uh, you, you, you had an adventure recently. Uh, you mean the one where I got to meet two of my my lifetime heroes? Yes, that one. Oh, yes. I I got to meet two of my lifetime heroes. I got to meet uh, Weird Al Yankovic, and, which was fun and wonderful, and we had a nice little chat. And then I got to meet the one and only Tim Curry. Uh, both of these happened at uh, Rose City Comic Con, which was Friday the 13th, 14th, and 15th of September in Portland, Oregon. And wow! I have to say, I, I haven't been there in about three years, and things have improved. I have to give a shout, serious shout-out to Rose City Comic Con management. Um, the photo op area was amazingly well handled. Uh, the artist Sally was beautiful. The, the, the whole con in general went remarkably, remarkably well. And I got to meet Tim Curry! <gasps> <clears throat> yes. Um, it it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, and how do you say no? Yeah, well, I mean, I've always heard stories about how delightful Weird Al is. Oh, yeah. He was he was wonderfully pleasant. Uh, I, I essentially had a very similar conversation with both of them. It's just with, with Tim, there, Tim Curry, there was a little more gravitas to it. But in both cases, being able to look at your, one of your heroes and say... I have enjoyed your work my entire life. And, you know, I'm not a young man. Right. And to be able to say, I've enjoyed your work my entire life, and I want to thank you for sharing your gift with the world. And to see there that reflected joy of them saying, oh, wow, this is, this is something. Yeah. And because, I mean, Tim Curry... Bless the man's soul. He he had a stroke in, what, 2012, 2013? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. And, I mean, he's recovering, but he's still in a chair. He's still, you know, he he's going to be likely be in a chair for the rest of his life. Um, but to be able to see him and to see the, the gigantic 
number of people who came out of the woodwork to see him. Mm -hmm. In Portland is home to one of the largest Rocky Horror fan groups in the country. Clinton Street Cabaret has been running, if I remember right, they, at least for a while, they were the record holder for the longest continuous running, longest continuous showing of a shadow cast, which is the people getting up in their underwear and dancing around on stage. Um, and yeah, so it, it was, it was really and truly wonderful. And again, the con is well done. To the point that I've that my wife and I have decided that for 2020 we are skipping Emerald City and we are just doing um, we're just doing them. In fact, it's gotten to the point where my wife and I have made the decision that for 2020 we will be skipping Emerald City entirely and only doing Rose City uh, next year. Which is a refrain you hear coming up a little bit more and more. Well, it's true. I mean, it's it's smaller, but they still managed to pull in some incredible guests. I mean, on top of Tim Curry, they had three of the, three of the cast from uh, Princess Bride. Originally, they had two Doctor Whos. They had both Christopher Eccleston and uh, Barty Crouch Jr. David um, Tennant. David Tennant. Scrooge McDuck. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then they... Uh, David Tennant had a dropout, but they had Billy Piper in too. So they had the doctor, the doctor and his companion. The 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 first Doctor and companion of the reboot of Doctor Who. Exactly, uh, and you know, and the list just kept going and going and going. It was it was amazing as from the celebrity perspective, but just in general, it was I I again really well done con, well yeah. done guys, good good on them. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad to hear that one is still successful. Yes. So, so I'm glad we've had this happy thing because now I want to bring things down a little bit. Oh, man. Um, well, okay. So since the beginning of Fanboy News Network, and I don't mean the podcast, I mean the website, uh, I've sort of felt a need as a cis white male to occasionally call out privilege, uh, but also mm. to discuss the 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 issues of how we treat people on the uh, internet and in fanish community. Ah, fanboys behaving badly. Yeah. Yeah. And so because I've become more and more active in the Twitch community, ah. uh, one of the things with my new job, I just started a job recently, everyone. Yay. And as always, I don't go into who I work for. Uh, really? I wonder why. But... Uh, this is a job that allows me to work from home. So part of the switch of the the rooms is giving me a much more conducive working environment since I spend eight hours a day cooped up in this room in my house doing work. Well, anyway, the uh, thing with how I work, I need something in the background. Uh, it's really hard for me in most corporate offices. I have to wear headphones. Because I work best if there's sound or if there's something actively going on um, as a slight distraction. Which means you and I should never, ever, ever work in the same place together. But yes, well, I, Or I just wear headphones. Okay. Like, yes. I, I, like I usually do. Mm -hmm. um, so the one of the channels I like to put on, on Twitch, it's interesting... Because it's a very chatty channel. It's a very, the, the person interacts with the audience. And it's one where I don't necessarily feel the need to constantly be looking at the screen 
to watching the gameplay. Okay. And it is uh, a Twitch channel called Cauliflower, not spelled like the vegetable, um, but it's a, a, a woman named Kayla, and so she alternated her to Kala and then Flower as a play on her name to create her identity. Sure. And she uh, streams horror games. Wait a minute. So let me let me see if I got this. Uh, interesting, well-spoken woman on the internet in what is, although don't read the Latin, had a wonderful episode just recently about women in horror, is a, a, a minority voice, shall we say. Yeah, and also just sort of a woman existing on the internet. How dare she? Yeah, and that, what's interesting, and this is what I, I was noting recently. Now, here and there, there's always going to be somebody popping up and misbehaving. That happens. But there was a week where it seemed like a daily occurrence. Now, she has pointed out that during the summer, chat becomes really rough because you have the kids out of school. And so they'll pop into these daytime chats because they're... They're able to, and so she has what she calls summer chat, which she just finds a pain, but now we're into fall, and so the kids are in school. But what happens... Now, first off, this is a person that gets a decent audience. She's a full Twitch partner. She has sponsors. She gets anywhere from 600 to 800 people watching her channel at any given time. Wow. And is able to make her full-time living, because she streams eight hours a day, and Damn. now a lot of that. So here's here's the thing. She spends most of that time playing a game called Dead by Daylight, which is a match based survival horror game, and it's competitive. She's usually playing the killer, and then there's four survivors. That's not the important part. The important part is that people there's a constant stream of dialogue going on where people are chatting with her in the channel, and she's responding. Uh, verbal chat or typed out chat? Typed out chat. Okay. It would just be checking. insane with 800 people if it was a I'm just checking. Verbal. I, I, I don't get out much. And um, occasionally there's misbehavior. And it could be anything as innocuous as, well, why don't you do this thing? Well, no, I, I actually prefer not to do that thing. And then the problem is... Like backseat gaming or talking about the Twitch channel in general? or Both. Okay. Either or. Uh, and occasionally somebody's like, well, you didn't have to be so mean. It's like, I wasn't being mean. I'm just saying I don't do that. And what it comes down to is the typical, well, you should be nicer. You shouldn't come on so strong. <laughs> and as soon as they do that, then she's off to the races. Then the hammer of Thor Because she has no patience. She and Jennifer Lovely would get along great. <laughs> I think part of the reason I like listening to her is she actually reminds me a lot of Jen. Okay. Including if something scares her, she has the same shriek. <laughs> I watch a lot of horror movies with Jen. Uh, yes. But the point is, it's, I exist. I am not going to apologize for existing. Right on. And how dare you come into my channel and then dictate how I act. So I admire the hell out of her. I also admire the hell out of her crack moderating staff. Uh, which, they are on it. As soon as somebody misbehaves, they pull the, the comments. And if they keep commenting, they're out. Good. Um... But it's just, it's that listening again to that. We've hit a great point where, you know, this crap happens, but at least you're having people coming forth going, you know what? No. Yeah. Screw you. I'm not going to apologize for who I am or what I do. 
And it's not your place to tell me how to act. Nope. So, um, and, and especially watching all these different things where, where if people cannot argue, especially with a woman's, you know, with her stance, they will go personal. Of course. And starting with looks and yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And it's, and it's uh, like, you know, it's a tired playbook that I'm personally sick of. And I just, I'm always happy when I hear a voice that's able to really, because here's the thing she's good at and why I'm bringing her up. And, and I'm not saying try to find it because this is a woman who streams eight hours a day trying to pick through her catalog (laughs) <laughs> of and she as a partner a lot of her videos are online still mm-hmm. um but i'm saying she's one of the best at articulating why this is not good good she's and and she you know what because she's had 40 hours a week practice sure and you know what i'm pointing this out you know she does not need me defending her let's yeah. put it that way yeah, yeah she's more than capable of doing it herself uh but i think it's important to recognize that there are still people that think doing that is okay, and it's nice when there's somebody who's just going to go, no, screw you, and if you don't like it, you know what? I don't need you as a follower. Exactly. So just it, it was it just hit me as a great example of kind of where we are now, you know, a decade later, basically, since I wrote my first article on this subject. Yeah. So that's it's um, and and it's. It is one of the, I mean, you listen to the Don't Read the Latin episode. Yeah. Uh, where they had uh, a, a panel of women discussing yeah. the, uh, uh, largely this very subject. In fact, I, when this episode come, comes out, I have asked Jen and Jillian to review this and then critique me on what I'm saying right now. Um, so Be they're, gentle, ladies. They're, or not. Be gentle to me. You can skewer him. You know that's not how it's going to work. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, because there's the thing. I know I'll screw things up. And and next episode, I might be going, and here are the list of notes I got on what I should be saying. Yep, and uh, I'll be right there with you. And so. that's fine, because I don't mind being corrected. Yeah. You know, that's how you learn. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. So, there. We, sorry, sorry to bring everyone down. So, let's talk about something fun. Hey, I already got to meet Tim Curry. What else do you want to talk about? So... I went out on a school night. Ooh. Uh, I, I, I even told my manager at this new job, by the way, you're hiring me. I'm going to a rock concert in a few weeks. I just <laughs> want to make sure we have. So, I, and I think we've mentioned this band on the podcast before, but I went and saw Ghost. Yeah. So Ghost is a Swedish metal band. Uh-huh. Who are, they, oh, and they admit this, they owe a great Debt of gratitude to Mr. Alice Cooper. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, for the theatrics and theme, and just be bringing a theatricality to, that's a word, to, uh, to their stage presence. So they are a band that has set up a, I would say at this point, fairly involved backstory. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the, for, for those of you coming in late to the game, this thing is like, professional wrestling only with more power courts in a way i mean so they, so the band started it's um the guy who started it the overt theme he decided i'm going to do an old school uh satanic metal band where half at least half the songs are about the devil 
And I love the fact that he has to qualify that it's an old school satanic metal. Band. Well, you know, it's always been. As opposed to, you know. Well, you know. Anyway. Go anyway. On. Uh, so the overarching theme of the band has always been they are the front for a satanic church. Yep. Uh, the lead singer for years was the anti-pope, Papa Emeritus. Uh, and the way they've played it is that every album they would change the pop. It'd be a new Papa, a new Pope. Sure. Taking the position. Uh, it was always the same singer. He just wore different makeup and masks. And the rest of the band are completely <laughs> anonymous. They wear these, these other masks and they are the nameless ghouls. And the latest iteration, um, the uh, the current singer, even though it's the same guy, Tobias Forge, he is now playing Cardinal Copia. He has not been elected Pope. Of course not. The the elder of the church, Papa Nil, has reasserted his position, and the cardinal is having to work his way up the ranks. If you listen really closely on the home game, turn up the gain a little bit, you can actually hear my eyes rolling at this backstory. <laughs> They have a series of videos on YouTube that are the continuing saga of Cardinal Copia and Papa Nil. Yeah. Okay. I watched one video. Mm -hmm. I, I watched the video for He Is. Um, uh, and the fact that you have a guy in the evil mime, black and white. It's a skull face. Sure. But the rest of him is made up to look like Jim Jones. Yes. Uh, yeah, that maybe maybe this isn't my 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 follow act. Maybe not, but they're really good music. Here's the other thing, though: they're really skilled musicians. The songs are actually fairly intricate for metal, and he's a really good singer. And the stage show was fabulous. They had a crack stage group. They're big enough; they're doing larger venues now, so they can have an elaborate stage presence. I think that what I'm saying is, I had a great time. Yes, they're a fun band. Mm -hmm. um, my only disappointment: there was no one protesting. Well, you know, you can you can arrange that. No, no. I really I really couldn't, because then I'd have to be doing the protesting instead of actually enjoying the show. Exactly. Well, yeah, I don't think I could run a protester. You'd be surprised. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know. I, I've people. got my hair cut short this season. I, I, I could go out there. I could, oh, you could do the. the I could the pull Father out the pastor. I could pull out the Pastor Steve garb. Come on. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, so um, outside of that, though, I haven't seen a lot of new movies recently. I've been busy. Uh, the last movie. Okay, so sad moment. <gasps> sad moment. Sad moment. It's the end of September. Yes. The drive-in theater has closed for the season. Oh, well. It, they, are, they are not going to be active again until March. Because uh, in the state of Washington, running a drive-in theater year-round is is not the greatest plan. Well, I mean, the sad part is is that now it's finally a chance where movies starting at dark means, you know, 6.30 as opposed to, you know, 11.30. Like, like it is in the middle of the summertime. But, yeah, it's understandable. No. So... So the last movie I saw at the drive-in for this season, they did a double feature over Labor Day. Science fiction. Wrong. No? Wrong movie. Double feature. They, uh, every year they do a double feature that's a nostalgia. This year it was Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Ooh. It was great seeing... You know what's great about both those movies? Mm -hmm. uh, they still both hold up really well. Yeah. 
I mean, Terminator, the original Terminator, mm -hmm. for its, I mean, Cameron was doing some top-notch work. I mean, a couple things, a couple of the effects look dated now, but for the era and for and uh, still, uh, Win Stan Winston's work, top-notch. Well, seriously, I mean, the original Terminator was 1980, uh, mid-80s. Yeah, like 81, 82. Really? That early? Yeah, it's, it's, I was still in high school when it came out and so yeah it's a you know it is one of the progenitors of the modern action film oh yeah and but watching it watching how well it holds together um 1984 okay still still pretty early which you got to be mean just to put it in context that's the same year as clue Mm -hmm. And uh, there was another amazing one that came out that same year. But go on. Yeah. So the point, though, is, yeah, you watch it now. It's still, whole, especially because you have so many actors. I mean, Lance Hendrickson, uh, you you know, um, Michael Bean. I mean, some of these and some of the background actors. I mean, Bill Paxton yeah. is the punk that the Terminator kills to steal his clothes. Game over, man. And uh, Brian Thompson, who is an actor I've loved for years, is one of the other punks yep. in that scene. You know, you have actors who went on to have wonderful, rich careers uh, kind of start out in that movie. And then you watch Terminator 2. And the same thing. You have um, some actors in really tiny parts in that movie that went on to fairly significant work. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to say... Um, Oh, I can't think. I'm blanking on her name right now, but there was an actress who went on to do a lot of television work yep. who was one of the teenage girls <laughs> telling the cop, I think John Connor's over there. Um, so, yeah, they, but watching, especially watching them in succession. Oh, yeah. You know, the great work on making sure the story was continuing. And the fact is, they decided to do that. One of the trailers was for the new. Terminator movie with the return of Sarah Connor nice. and Arnold and it was just one of those and the staff was cosplaying uh -huh. it was wonderful but yeah uh, but that's the last movie I went and saw in the theaters because outside of that I've been busy ramping up on my new job just really and switching the house around I just I haven't had time uh, I am looking forward to the new Adams Family coming out though um, and have you seen anything else recently? Well, the funny thing is, is the last movie that I saw in the theater was yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was at the Cinerama. And it's over, it's 55 years old. It was Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, the Cinerama, which for those of you outside of Seattle, uh, is a remarkably large old school movie theater. Uh, that is now in some sort of protected status and is being run as a film house, uh, as a de facto nonprofit. Uh, and they once a year they will have the 70 millimeter film festival where they will dust off the old, uh, the old celluloid copies of the movies, and they will open up the, the, the projection screen to the widest possible aperture, and you will see these beautiful movies on large screens as the good Lord intended. Um, so yeah, Lawrence of Arabia was one of them, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, oddly enough, Back to the Future 2, yeah. uh, E.T., and the one that they've, in previous years, they 
they had they found a copy of uh, Hunt for Red October, which was lovely, and uh, the original Tron. Wow. Yeah. So I did once see Lawrence of Arabia, uh, big screen showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of those movies that how it was filmed and what it is really deserves to be on the big screen. Oh yeah. If you have that's one of those films I would agree. If you have a chance to see Lawrence Arabia on the big screen and it's a long enough movie, it had a built-in intermission. Yeah, I was going to say this was lovely. 3 hours in and you actually get a no really, you can go pee now. So, when I saw it, um I had to had somebody advise me and I did this and it was great. When we got into the theater before we went to the seats, I bought Two drinks. <laughs> one to drink like I normally do at the beginning of a film. And one to keep under my seat so that when intermission comes around. Because the the intermission in Lawrence Arabia happens after they cross the desert. Yeah. And people get really thirsty watching that scene. For some reason. And so everyone else is making a beeline to the concession stand to buy drinks. And I'm like, I was ready. I'm going to go to the restroom real quick. And then I'm going to come back. Because everyone's going to be buying concessions. And then I'm set. So anyway, uh, I agree. It is a gorgeous film and truly should be seen uh, in that setting. Well, and what killed me was, okay, in the intervening 50 years, there have been discussions about actors wearing blackface and brownface. And we will just take those as being had. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the era. Yeah. I mean, you still had some, okay, Anthony Quinn as an Arab. That was like, well, he's an ethnic actor. I mean, Greek. But still, uh, versus Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif. Alec Guinness, however, kind of a pasty white dude. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get past that. Yeah, no. Uh, well, but, but it's an interesting observation of how it was done in those days. Whereas today, everyone would be going, "You did what? Yeah, no, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, no, yeah." <laughs> but be, moving beyond that, though, um, the fact that this is a, it is twelve minutes shy of a four-hour movie. Yeah, there is not a single female speaking part. Uh, yeah. In the entire movie. Um, which was interesting and eye-opening. Um, here's an interesting one. Apparently, it did like a, a Lord of the Rings sort of sweep of the Oscars the year that it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, did got nothing for Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in an interesting t- little twist... Uh, it didn't get nominated for a costuming award, even though it's beautiful costuming throughout the entire thing. <laughs> Take a wild guess as to the gender of the costume designer. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> You've got a 50-50 chance, but I know you're going to get it. Yeah. And for some reason, no one thought to put in her name for, for an Oscar. Oh, boy. For, for in, in, yeah, it's like... This... We have nice things, and yet we still can't have nice things. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Moving on. That Moving was on. the last well, movie. That's the last movie I saw in the theater. So speaking of nice things, mm. we didn't really talk about this that much. Well, we talked about it a little bit, but there was the the great consternation going over for I'd say the last month 
when it was announced that Sony and Marvel Cinematic Universe would be was unable to come to an agreement to the have the continued use of Spider-Man in the Marvel films. The custody battle. The, the Spider-Man custody battle. And Well, he is an orphan, you know. He, he's he's living with a family member. Uh-uh. Yeah. So the and and the thing that was going on at the the way the news was portraying it, you know, talks of, you know, it's broken down and absolutely Sony is pulling Spider-Man out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there's nothing can be done about it. And it was like, there's no, they're negotiating. They're negotiating. Somebody leaked a story to try and make the other side blink. Yep. And the theory based on how it happened was it was Sony leaked the story because it came out the weekend of the big Disney convention where they have all their stars come out and they do their big announcements and Dwayne Johnson comes on stage riding a riverboat to promote the Jungle Cruise movie <laughs> and all of the Marvel people are there and it's a big embarrassment and there you have Tom Holland being very quiet in his panel because he's just been told he doesn't get to play with his his Marvel friends anymore that he's going to have to go off to his own little universe. Well, not only that, but love Tom Holland dearly and he already has a gag in his mouth because he's not exactly the best as far as spoilers are concerned. Although you know what he's getting better because he's had to learn but that's not the point. The point is this last week lo and behold oh my goodness last minute miracle Sony and Mar- and D- Disney came to an agreement Spider-Man will stay in the MCU. It, you know anyone with any sense and there were several articles pointing this out new. No they're negotiating and what happened was Sony made a move and uh, wasn't anticipating the fact that the public would blame them. <laughs> Amazing how that happens. And especially the you know Marvel. Some people pointed out there was a there was some reasonable requests on both sides, and Sony. The theory is Sony got the idea. Well, we can we had success with Venom, so we can do a Spider-Man movie. And fortunately, they somebody convinced them, no, <laughs> you won't. Yes, but you won't make a billion dollars like you did on the last one. You know, Marvel wants a little bit bigger piece of the pie. Give it to them. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that's that. You're there. You know, Tom Holland gets to say in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yay. Which means we will hopefully get J.K. I so want J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson to do a cameo in a non-Spider-Man Marvel movie. Okay. That will make me so happy. I was so happy when, you know what, somebody put, so so what did you do when you were watching, yes, spoilers, but you know what, it came out on DVD today. You saw the movie. What did you do when you saw J. Jonah Jameson played by J.K. Simmons on the screen? And I was like, I was very glad I was in my car at the drive-in and nobody could hear me screaming. Yeah, well, there's that. See, which is doubly funny because the other movie that I have seen just recently mm-hmm. was uh, Justice League. Right. Where you have J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Well, you know, if you can have J.K. Simmons, you might as well get J.K. Simmons. Hell yeah. Because you're not going to do better than J.K. Simmons. He, no one does J.K. Simmons better than J.K. Simmons. No, that, that, that's a given. But it was remarkably amusing to have him because, I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, they're both Commissioner Gordon and uh, J. Jonah Jameson are kind of, I don't know, 
Opposite ends of the spectrum. Opposite ends of the spectrum, but also, you know, periphery B level characters. Yeah, they're they're not in the heat of the action. They're not in the heat of the action. But to have but to have the bullets I mean, it took me a while. I'm like, dude, how about shouldn't you be over it? Well, at that time he wasn't in the yeah. same as you know Lawrence Fishburne played Perry White in the Snyder Superman films. True. Uh, he then ended up as a character in Ant Man. So you know. True. Uh, of course, it's also doubly entertaining because uh, uh, I managed to turn my wife onto the idea of watching some very hyper violent movies. Yeah. The John Wick series. Sure. All I had to do was he goes on a killing spree because someone hurt his dog, and she's like, "Sign me up." Because <laughs> people can relate to that motivation. How about that? Uh, but the fact that Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Keanu Reeves are playing opposite one another uh, is is a nice, refreshing change. Well, or you could also say again. It, well, that's what I mean. You know, uh, this time he he you don't have the whoa I know I know kung fu, but it's John Wick. Oh. Is a nice close second. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, I'm I'm glad she's got to discover those movies because yes. uh, it it is an interesting series. So there was um, <clears throat> you've segued into another interesting bit of film. Uh-oh. Uh oh. That's coming out very shortly, and that is the Joker movie. Ew. Uh, and there was a recent comparison with John Wick that we'll touch on in a second. So there's a lot of concern. So the the Joker movie is the Joaquin Phoenix yeah. uh, character study of a man who becomes the Joker. Yeah. And it is raising a lot of concerns because uh, there's fear that it, the way they're portraying the character parallels the psychology of a lot of recent mass shooters. And they are worried about it being a triggering event. Well, and I mean, doesn't it also fall into that same category like we talked about last time with the, the Watchman effect of you're supposed, this is the bad guy. Yeah, we're not supposed to be rooting for this character. Yeah, you, this is the bad guy. And everyone going, yes, he's wonderful. And it's like, no, this is the bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's concerns about that. And the director um, made an interesting the director has been trying to fight this battle in social media. And he, his point was, he's like, well, you know what? The John Wick films, he kills a lot of people. I, I don't hear anyone complain about that. And it's like, yes, but John Wick kills career chem- criminals. Yes. They're, they're, if you watch the entire John Wick series, the arguably most innocent person he kills is still a crime boss. Well, and I still love the, I mean, it, it's a throwaway scene fairly early on. But when he has that moment of getting the drop on the, the bouncer in the first movie, yeah. he's like, Boris, you're looking well. Oh, thank you, sir. You've lost some weight. Oh, about 60 pounds. Oh, you should take the night off. Okay, I'll do that. And leaves before yeah. the mass carnage begins. And I thought that was lovely and yeah. wonderful. Well, because it showed he wasn't bloodthirsty. Yeah. Yeah, he was, people were going to die, but it, he, it wasn't like that was the point. Yeah. He was doing something else. So, yeah, and that's, and the thing is, that's the argument. You know, it's like, the, you cannot make 
John Wick the moral equivalent of the Joker. No. Because John has very specific targets and innocence. In fact, you will see in the movies him going out of the way to make sure that innocence yes. are not harmed. Yes. So, yeah, I'm sorry. You, 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 you know what? You tried. We're, we'll tell your mommy you tried. There you go. There you so, go. It, it, we'll see what happens when it comes out. I'm, I am on the fence at whether I will see it at all. You know, that one is, is remarkably low on the list. Uh, could we jump back two steps? And, and to the right? Maybe. Um, and then a step to the left? Okay, getting it backwards. Um, as far as uh, Justice League, because mm-hmm. it, it's those three little words that everyone loves to hear. Yeah. You were right. Thank you. Okay. I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, not as much as when I hear it from my sister. Of course. But, but uh, you know. But anyway, you were saying Justice so, League. We, so the other night, my wife and I were bored, and we watched a double feature of Early Man by Ardman Entertainment, people who brought you Wallace and Gromit, and Justice League. Because the only thing better than a stupid movie is a stupid movie with explosions. And so we we watched those two, and you know I don't remember the exact chronology of Justice League versus the first Wonder Woman movie coming out, uh, but I do know that yeah I remember distinctly you talking about the fact that gee it's almost as if you had two different costume designers designing those two the the Amazonian costumes. Yes. And one of them was Zack Snyder. So well, one of them worked for Zack Snyder. The point being, the, the, the per, that, that person's job was affecting Zack Snyder's vision. Yes. And, you know, I'm not going to complain because a goodly portion of the screen, screen time was dominated by Gal Gadot's butt. And, the, and Jason Momoa has got those muscles that make people stupid. You know, the, the, those ones where the, your torso curls into your leg, the tops of your legs, and it's just like, <clears throat> yes. Um, so that was great. But otherwise, I, I saw something just recently where somebody said, hey, pop quiz, who is the bad guy in Justice League? Yep, I, I can answer that question, but only because I'm a comic book nerd. Well, that's kind of a foregone conclusion. It I I saw that meme floating around less than a week after that I after I saw Justice League, mm-hmm. and it took me a good solid minute of thinking about it to remember the guy that had the funky horns. And even now, what's his name? Elvino. See, there you go. Uh, the, but that's the, it. He, the guy who who stole the hat from hell from from Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, um, Steppenwolf, by the way. Like get your motor running, head yeah. out on the highway. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I even knew that word or that name, and no, okay, sure. But yeah, that was it. Was again, I defer to my wife. She thought uh, the guy playing the Flash was absolutely hilarious. Ezra Miller is a great actor, and I really want him to get a franchise worthy of his talent and his charisma. This wasn't it. Yeah, well, but he did a damn good job. He did a damn good job. He was one of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah. Uh, especially because I think he was playing Barry as autistic, which was, in my opinion, fantastic. But in the end, it's still the... And it, you see, now that you have seen the movie, now that you can contextualize it, 
now you maybe can have an even a deeper feel for those fans out there that are that are clamoring for the Snyder cut. As in, so Zack Snyder, due to a family tragedy, dropped out partway through the making of that film. Okay, and so the studio brought in Joss Whedon to complete the movie, which included uh, script doctoring, altering the story somewhat to make it more palatable. And thus, what you have, and probably one of the problems with the movie, is it is a Frankenstein conglomeration of the visions of Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. And, a whole, and of course, it was considered a uh, underperforming at the box office. A significant portion of the Snyder fanboys say, well, it's Joss Whedon's fault. We want to see the Snyder cut of the movie. In other words, we want to see the movie that Zack Snyder truly envisioned. Now, that'll never happen because a lot of what Zack shot that got reshot never had effects done. And Warner Brothers isn't going to throw good money after bad. Okay. For those of you playing the home game, for, for all while Jeff has just been explaining this, I have been sitting here looking like a landed fish. It's not as bad as the time I gave you Cable's backstory for the Deadpool movie. No, that's just because it took me five minutes to get my eyes from from rolling in the back of my head. No, the the idea of Zack Snyder's work being somehow, I'm not even going to bother saying improved, being carried forward by Joss Whedon in light of other revelations. Um, wow. Ouch. Hmm, I kind of want my two hours back. Um, okay. Yeah, well, they, well, and notice who hasn't really been involved. since. So subsequent to that movie coming out, yeah. you have had Aquaman, yeah. which did really well at the box office. Yeah. And then you had the completely Snyder-free Shazam, which did amazingly well at the box office, was very, very well received. And now you have the upcoming Wonder Woman sequel. 1984. So what we've... Huh. 1984. Yeah. Funny that. Weird. Anyway. So so what you have is, A, you've got the Snyder fanboys going, well, Snyder's, Snyder's vision it would have been great. And yet, since he has been pulled away from that universe, it is arguably doing much better. You are now having people... In fact, you know, the, the sequel to Suicide Squad people are excited about. Yeah. Because they got a certain Mr. Gunn <laughs> who was previously guarding the galaxy uh, making this film. And, oh, hey, Nathan Fillion's in it. Hey! Shock! Hey, Michael Rooker. Shock! But the point being that, yeah, James Gunn is doing the new Suicide Squad uh, and everyone's like, even though it's going to have some returning cast members... People are like, well, we're kind of interested in what he's going to do. If nothing else, I'm expecting something consistently edited. Well, that would be a nice change. Um, well, and, you know, I think, and if, if I may be so bold as to segue, one of the other things that, we, that won't sadly be in, in the number two uh, is the Enchantress, which brings us to the fact that Cara Delvenie is finally getting work that is worthy of her... So if we're, if we're going to pivot to TV, that may as well. I mean, uh, we're, we're at forty-five minutes. Yeah. So I've been 
finally catching up on a few things and watching other things. I have started but not finished Carnival Row. Uh, conversely, I've also started and not finished Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. And I'm thoroughly enjoying both. It's, it's just a matter of time management, and I don't have enough time right now to really sit down and binge anything, especially since I want to keep up on several things. Like with your that job. Yeah. Like, like, with that said, I'm about halfway through Carnival Row right now. And the things that I've noted, first off, the, I think the just on a simple basis, the beauty of Carnival Row is that when you look at the ads, you think, oh, it's fairies in Victorian London. And it's not. It is a completely original fantasy world that has happened to evolve to the Industrial evol- uh, Revolution. Ooh. And I, s- that often good com- things come from that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's... So they can't get caught in an anachronism because it's a whole world unto itself. It's its, its own chronism. And uh, the, the other thing I noticed for... for uh, uh, Cara Delevingne, I looked up the pronunciation, oh. Delevingne, uh, it's important, I wanted to get the name right, um, b- based on her past work, Suicide Squad or Valerian, uh, <coughs> the, the getting to see what she can do when she's given good material, yeah. uh, she, does, she does a great job, but the other revelation, Orlando Bloom, yeah. where I'm looking at this thinking, oh, Orlando, you, you've got a face like George Clooney, it gets better with age. Yeah. <laughs> or as we like to call it... A bastard. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but also, you know, he's he's also... I mean, you know what's the interesting thing about hiring Orlando Bloom? When his character's in a fight scene, you're like, he probably could hold his own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and He knows his way around a bow, too. And I'm also... And a sword. I'm always happy to see Jared Harris in a role. I mean, you're just biased. Uh, it's not because of my last... You know what? And it's not just because he's Richard Harris's son. It's He's always done good work. Uh, and this, I could go down the list of really good actors that you've seen in other things in this show. But the, the, I think one of the things that helps is that the creators built so much mythology. They actually have a role-playing game based on this world. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's actually been released, but I know they're doing stuff a la Critical Role using that material. So they have this rich backstory, which they've barely touched on on screen, but can inform in the background writing, which is always brilliant. So good detail, great show. I cannot wait to finish it. Uh, Also because it deals with some interesting class structure questions. How about that? Uh, And then Dark Crystal. Well, did you have something you wanted to... Uh, I I was going to pivot somewhere else. Go with Dark Crystal. Now with Dark Crystal... So again, Dark Crystal, you're dealing with... The original vision from Henson of of Thrall, of that entire world. Uh, you have the Frouds involved, including their son, Toby, who everyone is always going to remember. Yes, he was the baby in Labyrinth. But important now, he is he, he, a serious artist in his own right and did the new character designs for the new Dark Crystal. Amazing, that. Um Showing that he is a, a talented artist who, who should be remembered for more than what he did before he could perform words. I was going to say, not, not going there. Yeah. Um, so the only issue, so the two things, with one that I was worried about but doesn't seem to be a problem. I'm always a little worried when all the voice actors are an all-star cast of people that you do not normally associate with voice acting. 
Okay. So Mark Hamill's in it. Okay, Mark Hamill's one of the finest voice actors working. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, Jason Isaacs, on the other hand, from the Harry Potter movies and such, uh, he's not who I normally think of as a voice actor. He's doing fine. Eddie Izzard is in there. Uh, I mean, literally, Taron Eg- Edgerton from uh, Kingsman and Rocket Man. Yep. Uh, now there's a combination. You, you know, you um, Anna Joy Taylor from The Witch and Megan. Uh, the I'm forgetting her name, but Melisandre from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Uh, those are the three leads. Uh, so I think voice-wise, it's doing a great job. Simon Pegg is killing it as the Chamberlain of the Skeksis. But it's what Simon a shock. Pegg. Yeah, I was going to say, Simon Pegg doing a good job. Shocked. But my issue, now given, I'm only about halfway through the series. Yeah. But if this is meant to be a direct prequel to the Dark Crystal film, does this not mean all of our main characters are going to die? Ah, I've never or, seen the original. Or is it, or is it, a somewhat prequel series, but but just based on the original film and going off into its own timeline? This is a it, question. Is there is there an old Spock with a magic gum, gumball in space? Maybe. Okay. Don't know. We'll know. So yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, but so those. I mean, there's like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on. Those are the two I think really significant things I've been watching. Um. There's a lot of stuff coming on. I mean, we got the the last season of The Good Place just started. Um, I'm still catching up on the last, the most recent season of Agents of Shield. The the thing that I'm kind of wondering about, and mm-hmm. and and per, forgive me if this is if this is too large of a of a of a step, mm-hmm. but I've noticed. Um, so, side note: one of the other things I saw just recently was the Netflix uh, movie. Mute with okay. uh, whichever Skarsgård it is, Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård, and uh, Paul Rudd in and Paul Rudd's mustache, which deserves filling in its own sense, and a couple other folk. But it just and it was Duncan Jones who did Moon, which was lovely and wonderful, and supposedly this is Moon too, and I'm not buying it, but. I think more than anything, it just, frankly, wasn't that good. I've heard, I, I liked it fine, but it wasn't, it didn't have the impact that it, some of his earlier work did. Oops. I think for me, it was more that if I had known, it, it's billed as a neo-noir. Mm-hmm. And at least speaking from my own sense and my own noir sensibility, it wasn't noir enough. Uh, you would have wanted more noir uh, more noir, so I would have known, uh, so I would have tempered my expectations. Mm-hmm. When the results happen, that the results happen, it's one of those things where it's like, what, huh? But I guess the, 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 the larger thing is, is that I'm noticing the migration because Netflix is really the one that came up with the idea of the in house production of not just series, but also of movies mm-hmm. like Mute. But other programs, other providers have kind of started taking that and running with it because you see what is, I mean, you look at some of the things that Netflix has done, which was great, Mm -hmm. is doing not so much. But at the same time that they're not doing so much on Netflix, you've got 
Amazon kicking it with Good Omens. You've got uh, the uh, and several other series on other alternative subscription series uh, systems that are really stepping up, and it's just kind of amazing to see how that's evolving. Well, it's it's the new it's the way the game's being played now. Yeah. It's it's how media is evolving. Uh, real quick note on Alexander Skarsgård. Mm -hmm. So apparently he is to, he. I'm not sure that it's he's being competitive with his brother. But I guess it's he's decided, well, if Bill's going to be a Stephen King villain, so am I. <laughs> uh, he just got cast in the new uh, Stand series. Oh, yes. He's going to be... Uh, he's going to be Randall, Randall Flagg. Flag, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess that's, you know, hey, if you've had luck with one... They're a family of good actors. Yeah. Stellan must be very proud. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's better than the Baldwin's. Where the bald ones, it's hit or miss. Yeah. The scars guards, you're three for three. Yeah, so fair enough. So with that, uh, we are pretty much reaching that point where it's time to say, uh, what are you reading? I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I haven't read anything recently. The last time you asked me that question, uh, since then I got a new job and haven't actually had a moment to pick up a book. And I've actually had a chance. I've read more in 2019 than I have read in many years past put together. So I'm just going to toss in a quick plug for a movie, for a book called Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. Uh, space opera in scope uh, actually manages to break the XKCD rule uh, which compares the, the likelihood of a book being good compared to the number of new words they create. Mm. Um, breaks that rule and actually does it in, in an enjoyable way. Yeah. Um, but yes, Arkady Martin, Memory Called Empire. If you like a good space opera, it's worth checking out. All right, fair enough. There. So with that, uh, as always, thank you for listening as Daniel and I go on about recent adventures in geek culture. Indeed. If you would like to uh, drop us a line, uh, you can send us an email to fanboynewsnetwork at gmail.com. Or you can always drop a comment into the comment section for this episode. Uh, we are on uh, Twitter at fanboy underscore network. And as we said at the top of the show, I am now also running a Twitch channel, uh, dr underscore caliban where you can watch me uh play an evil hotel uh entrepreneur <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll pay you money if you put a big gold t in, or no, i guess it would be a big gold c for caliban right possibly okay. we'll see what happens anyway so uh until next time thank you for listening and we'll talk to you all later take care y'all this program is produced by jeff harris and fanboy news network and is copyright 2019 to Jeff Harris and Fanboy News Network. All rights are reserved, including rights to copy and redistribute this program. All music in this podcast comes from the Footage Firm and is used under a royalty-free license. 